it recording? It's recording now. All oh, right, OK. One, two, three, four. Go, girls, go, 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 go. We girls gonna take control. Wake me up before I drop out on you. Hello, Michael. Hi, Dan. <laughs> Daniel. We're back. Another one. Last week's was good. I really liked Stephen. Yeah, he was really good. He was. Re- yeah, I enjoyed that one. I haven't watched any more Girls Aloud tours since the last podcast. It's on... a, well, it has only been a week. It has been a week. Do you want to know a niche Girls Aloud fact? Go on. Everything from you is a niche Girls Aloud fact. So every tour that they did, they always opened with the lead single from that album. So what were the singles? So it was the show for What Will the Neighbours Say, Biology for Chemistry, Something Kind of Voo for The Greatest Hits Tour, Sexy No 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 for the Tangled Up Tour, which is epic. That Honestly, that entrance. Do you know that entrance? Uh, no. So imagine, the lights go off, it goes dark, the curtains come down, and there's these five figures just in the air. Five angels. <laughs> five angels coming down to earth. They're, they are doing that. They're yep. swaying. Yep. They're swaying. Is there cloth or am I imagining cloth? Is there, are they, there's floaty. floaty. There's floaty, there's floaty yeah. bits. Yeah. They come back down to earth like the angels that they're with us. <laughs> and then it's just like, did you tell him? No, no, no. Banger. It's and then The Promise, which isn't a very good opener. It is very brave to open any live show with your current biggest single. Like, Biology in particular. I'd want that towards the end. I want to be losing my shit by the time Biology comes on. I want to be really drunk. I want to be swinging things around my head. I don't want to start with Biology. As we seem, surprisingly, to be doing quite well on the iTunes podcast charts, I wondered if maybe we should get some people to send us their memories of the Girls Loud tours, or just their memories of Girls Loud as a whole. What would be really good is if anyone has any Girls Loud merchandise that they bought, they might want us to send us photos of, which we can't actually show anyone because it's a podcast, but we'd like to see Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's all aged brilliantly. Yeah. But in all seriousness, if you've got a memory of Girls Loud that you would be happy for us to share on this podcast, because there are a lot of Girls Loud fans who are getting in touch with listening to this, we're on Twitter. Can people slide into your DMs? People, my DMs are open, usually for professional reasons, but okay, let's do it uh my twitter handle is michael bags and i'm daniel rosney my dms are always open yes also just say hi yeah we like a follow yeah <laughs> <laughs> love a follow um so I saw them on the Out of Control tour. Mm-hmm. I saw <laughs> you saw them on every tour. I didn't. I only saw them on the Out of Control tour and the Ten tour. I saw them on multiple times on those two tours, and I need to explain why. It's because I used to work at the Manchester Arena. So basically, I saw anybody that toured between two thousand and eight and two thousand and thirteen. What were you paid to be doing? I was a steward. So I had to wear this big yellow blazer and essentially I would just show people to their seat and then if it would kick off, which would mainly be like the darts, I would like go find my supervisor. I didn't really do that much work when Girls Aloud were there. On the Out of Control tour, actually, they opened in Manchester. I was so excited I didn't take a break. 
Anyway, so we thought it'd be really interesting to hear a bit more about how to put a show, like one of their tours, together. Because they were epic. I mean, what towards were the neighbours say? Towards the wasn't? end, yeah. I mean, with every show, uh, it got bigger and better. And the choreography and the staging was just incredible by the end. Do you think that's because of the songs got better and bigger? Well, the songs got bigger and better. And the money, there was more money. They were selling more. Um, and they were just, you know, after how, like number of years they had such a devoted fan base they could afford to put on those shows and they were known for really great shows it's something that doesn't often happen in in pop music that they were respected for live performances because a they could sing nadine's live vocals are just just incredible to this day so simon barnum was one of the girls dancers Hello. Hi, Simon. It's Hi, Daniel. Simon. And it's Michael here. Hi, how's it going? Simon, how many tours did you work on? I did every tour except for their final tour, their 10 tour. I started with Girls Aloud in, I think it was 2004. My first routine for them, actually, was the show. And it was for Top of the Pops. And uh, the choreographer was Elizabeth Holland. So then we did their, their first tour, which was What Will the Neighbours Say? Um, and then on to the next one. Um, there was a third tour, actually, which I don't believe came out on DVD, but it was like the greatest hits tour. Then obviously my favourite was the Tangled Up tour. That was the last tour that I, I danced on. Why was that one your, your favourite? It was my favourite because um, the opening sequence where the girls are up on in Ariel. That's epic. Um, that, that opening sequence is absolutely yeah. epic. <laughs> it's insane. And... and for us dancers as well, that was, I think, the first tour that we started on stage with the girls. We were basically underneath the girls, so that when they came down uh, from the aerial wires, we could un- unclip them from their harnesses. Um, so to be able to start on stage from the very beginning and, and hear the, the roars from the crowd as soon as the lights go down, um, I can't even describe that. It's, it's, it's an amazing feeling, it really is. on the tours they would be paired up uh, each girl would have a dancer uh, who, who were you paired with and who was the most fun to be paired with I mean most of the time I was actually with Nicola but that was that was more of a height thing than anything else <laughs> because I'm quite a shorty <laughs> so um, you know but me and Nicola bonded from from day one actually I was I remember being I mean very young and insecure my, my mother had not long passed away actually so I was quite inward within myself but obviously I couldn't bring that out when I'm on stage and I, I used to get sweaty hands and and Nicola was the one that would always be like oh you know sort yourself out it's fine <laughs> I'm used to it now so she was looking after me effectively she, um, she was so young at the time as well and she had a lot to deal with as well with with you know the backlash of people being quite negative towards her but actually she dealt with that really really well and and like when she was amongst us she was a tower of strength and actually a really good laugh she she was by far one of my favorites and you can definitely see on stage as well how she evolved entangled up and out of control she's so Ah. confident on stage Ah. i mean i i always said it from day one because you know she was my dance partner she was my friend and 
just to see her blossom and grow and become this tower of confidence and what with her makeup range that she was putting out such positive messages out there to the world that you could see that nothing was going to get in her way but for me personally she was vocally the strongest and every heartbeat she had to she sang at the very beginning she had done the opening lines of every heartbeat and her voice just carried through that arena like you wouldn't believe it would send shivers up your spine maybe we can make it all right Maybe we can make it happen, baby. We could keep trying, but things will never change. And when songs like With Every Heartbeat are being sung, what do you do as dancers? Rest. <laughs> <laughs> The thing, I mean, we do, because the thing is, you know, it's it's intense. I'm not sure, I don't mean it in a patronised way, but if you've ever done like a, a workout class or a dance class or anything like that, you know, you, you dance full out for two minutes and, and your, your body is exhausted, you're absolutely battered. And the time that you do get off, you need to have water or you need to do a costume change. And with arena shows like that, we would be doing like four or five songs in a row, back to back. So that would be very taxing on the body. And then we'd come off and we'd have like maybe, what, two and a half minutes to do a very quick change. Bearing in mind that our clothes are already soaking wet, if we're wearing any clothes. Water, next costume and straight back on stage. So so any time that there was a, a slow song or a ballad, in fact, the dancers welcomed that pretty much was there any one girl that was the easiest to choreograph or picked up the steps quicker than the others yeah i mean i'm not gonna lie i think we all know that that was sherry you know she was the most feisty as well in terms of of having that that attack in her dance routine and you can definitely see in the tangled up tour and the out of control tour they kind of have a much more urban feel especially in later sections um, you know, with Control of the Knife and the Tangled Up Tour and Revolution yeah. in the Head and the Out of Control Tour. Did that input come from her? No, I'd actually say it would come from Beth. Elizabeth Honan is very urban. That, that's her background. That's what she does. I mean, she, she's now responsible for Little Mix and they are very, very urban in a lot of stuff that they do. So I, I'd say that they would have sat down in a meeting together and kind of collaborated. And, and what was your role on the Out of Control Tour then? On the Out of Control Tour, I was the assistant choreographer. So I was not dancing in it anymore because they'd been sick of my face for God knows how many years. <laughs> <laughs> I had a couple of routines that were given to me to choreograph, Jump and uh, No Good Advice. Camp as it sounds, my, my favourite song was Jump. I actually remember being at home in my front room before I'd even met Girls Lab, before I'd even danced for them, and, and they, that song had already been released. And I loved it. It always struck a chord with me that I loved this song, and I never thought that I'd ever get to be dancing for them. And then all of a sudden, my dreams come true, and I start dancing for them, and, and then we have to learn jump. I asked specifically Beth if I can be in the, the centre of the stage, <laughs> up on a podium, <laughs> because I'm just loving my life so yeah with the Tangled Up tour you actually got to perform that at V Festival which was you know at the time quite an unusual booking for Girls Aloud because V Festival at the time was you know full of indie bands and they were on the main stage and that's not necessarily a crowd who had come to specifically see Girls Aloud was there a difference Mm -hmm. in audience reaction there? Girls Aloud paved the way for change in that sense because that had never happened before and obviously word had gone around that girls allowed to perform at v-fest and there was mixed reactions and we didn't know how it was going to go down we really didn't but 
to be able to do that has allowed other artists now to jump on the bandwagon. Little Mix have done it, Beyonce's done it, you know, and, and if it wasn't for that, you know, we wouldn't be able to evolve the way that it has done. And in the years since, have you kept in touch with any of the girls? More recently, I've kept in touch with Sarah. We went on holiday, actually. What's it like holidaying with Sarah? Um, crazy. Imagine. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, I think Sarah is is very misjudged in the industry. I, I've known Sarah for many years, and I think she's she's got a beautiful heart. Um, she's a good girl. When we went to Athens, there was a time when uh, we had a film crew following the girls around, um, Girls Loud off the record. Um, and me and Nicola were strolling back uh, through the like the alleyways and the cameras were on us and we were just being silly and we got to pre-approve everything before it went out and unfortunately it got cut because Nicola felt really self-conscious. But it was a really fun moment of just being able to show people that we're just normal human beings effectively especially the girls more so the girls you know they just like to have fun just like anybody else Well, he was fun. He was really good. I um, liked him. I liked him a lot. Off the record, the show that he was talking about, which was on E4, I do have on DVD. Of course. As it's part of my new collection. Absolutely. I've not yet watched it. I'm so excited to. Can we play a clip? We're not allowed to play a clip. I'm still we'll trying to get permission. play any clips of anything <laughs> We're ever. Not allowed any to play. of the good stuff that they've ever done. <laughs> no, <sighs> I'm, still in, I'm still in email conversations with production companies. If only podcasts, it was as easy just to rip stuff off YouTube that you watch all the time. Yeah. I mean, we wanted to do something with Sarah Harding's bum note, which is one of the best YouTube videos that exists. I could probably do it. Do you think we could? Kind. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I have on, almost like a, a smash glass. If I'm having a bad day, it'll be. I just let me just watch Sarah Harding's mum note, and I can get on with. Is that your now. most watched Girls Aloud YouTube video? It's absolutely that, and uh, when Nadine is attacked by a wasp. A wasp at the fest- festival. Yeah, we should have asked Simon about the wasp. He, yeah. True. He was there. He was there. In years to come, they'll be writing books about it. That wasp. Well, that wasp, I think, has got a bio coming out. I think he's got a Twitter account. <laughs> I think he's got more followers than both of us. <laughs> Nadine's Ooh. wasp. Do you think there's much appetite for a reunion? To come back at that level, they would have to have more to them than just some gigs. They would have to stage a full comeback and get the excitement going. The excitement is there. I mean, we've seen that just in the reaction to this podcast. You know, People still love Girls Aloud. And since we've been doing this, the more of their songs that I've listened to, it's like, these, they still sound incredible. Could they do Wembley Stadium? Yeah, they could do Wembley. Do you think? I think they could do Wembley with... With like, I mean, look at look at Steps. Like when they came back, the reaction to that was ridiculous. Like people who forgot they ever liked Steps were like throwing themselves down the stairs to get Steps tickets and buy Steps albums. Obviously they're different, but that kind of like unabashed kind of pop just isn't around anymore. Little Mix are incredible, but they're also 
cool as well. And there was a lovable uncoolness to Girls Aloud, which kind of made them brilliant because they were they weren't as polished as Little Mix were in any possible way. They were rough around the they were rough around the edges to the very end. And I think if Girls Aloud were to come back, it would all fall back into place why we loved them so much. Yes, yes to Wembley is the answer. Girls Aloud ring you up and they say Me. They ring they ring you up. What do you do? What are they ringing for? They're, they're ringing. They're ringing to find out. Hey, Michael. Hello, girls allowed. <laughs> Hi, Michael. We're girls allowed. We're going back on tour, and we've got some gaps in our set list. Which mm. ones do you think we should perform? Miss You Bow Wow needs to be on there. That's a great song. Um, Blackjacks from Tangled Up. Why mm. do you like Miss You Bow Wow so much? It's fun. It's really silly. And it's kind of, I kind of feel that it was Xenomania pushing things a little bit too far in the kind of, yeah, do you want to do this one? It's really, it's really daft. And because I think Girls Aloud kind of, they were willing to have fun, but they also took themselves, like, they understood they were good pop stars. And Miss You Bow Wow kind of was one, probably the silliest song they ever did. So I'd like to see that one. What's your favourite line from it? Miss You Bow Wow. tell you what would be a good one models off chemistry that's a great song girls aloud did so well and xenomania was just experimenting with song structures like with the, uh, the show and biology kind of they weren't built like traditional songs models as well like it was just a load of choruses strung together your three thank you for throwing that question back to me that's okay that's i thought what i was I'm gonna have for. to prompt you <laughs> <laughs> me okay i would go for every now and then okay which album is that from it was from the 10 album it was one of the so they really annoyingly they had four new songs on the 10 album they mm. performed three of them on the tour but didn't do every now and then which is my favorite one i think it would have been an epic routine and I just really want them to sing that live. You do love a routine. I do love a routine. I get really into them. My second choice would be from the Chemistry album. Okay. Watch Me Go. Good song. Good song. Why? I don't know. I just like listening to it. I just think the lyrics are quite naughty. It was them It was them sort of talking about them dating in London, you know, going out on a night out and pulling. Very Girls Aloud, just singing about, you know, boys and... Copping off. And Copping off. <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> you have your actual age and then you have your dating age. <laughs> and then there's the podcast age. Hey, I'm still young. Um, but I just love Sarah's bit at the end because it's just it's just daft.
And what's your third choice? Third choice Ooh, would be... I'm surprised you haven't said on the Metro, because that... It's yeah. That's the one that is almost embraced as a single. I think like, yeah. people love it, and it gets like thrown around in the same bucket as the singles. It's just a good song. But no, my third choice, I think, will be "Swinging London Town." Oh, that's a really great song. It's such a good song. You know, I think that is kind of Xenomania's skill of writing and producing songs for Girls Aloud about them. Like it was the song is about them moving to London. It's about them trying to find their feet. It's about them, you know. And, it, and it's also quite sad that London hasn't changed that much in yeah. twelve years. Now we're going to have to end this podcast. No. Mm. But before we go, I know we've already asked people to get in touch if they've got any memories that they like to share but can you please rate us on itunes because oh yeah give us some stars yeah give us give us five stars go on i dare you and also subscribe because we're going to try and do one one a week yeah yeah we are we need the guests but we're going we're going to try we're working hard on it we've got a few good ones coming up that i'm really excited about i'm also excited about them but we're not going to say what they are yet because they're not confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also, if you are someone that's worked really closely with Girls Aloud and would like to come on and do a big interview and tell us loads of stuff, then our DMs are open. Our DMs are definitely open to you. So In fact, my phone number is... Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. no. Okay. It's not unlike you to hand out your phone number willy-nilly. <laughs> Willy what? Uh... You know the face the pages of a